Hello, everyone, and welcome to Broad Street South Behind the Podcast. I'm Nicholas Lisi. For those who don't know me, I'm the beat reporter, and you're probably wondering, hey, I thought Angel was the host, and he is, but today I'm uh, I'm taking point guard, and uh, today I've actually got a very special guest on, spike ball player, incredible dancer, stats wizard, my buddy Stephen Jones. But before we bring him on, and before we start talking about a little spike ball, you know, we got to pay the bills around here. And our sponsor, of course, is Fans of Philly. And if you don't know what Fans of Philly is, they give us the travel packages for all of our sporting events. They've got a Yankees road trip and a Red Sox road trip coming up. And by the time you hear this, the NFL schedule will be released. So go and get that Fans of Philly's package to Las Vegas. It should be right around mid-October, hopefully. And, uh, yeah, so thank you, Fans of Philly, for sponsoring us. And go to fansofphilly.com right now. And the phone number is 610-517-7171. 610-517-7171. That all being said, Stephen Jones, how are you, man? How's life? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Dude, yeah, dude, I'm so grateful you're here. And, um, uh, like, what are you doing right now? You got summer school going on. I think you told me you, you moved your grandma in today. So what's this last week been like for you? Uh, this last week's been a little bit hectic, um, so we're moving my grandma into assisted living right now, and that all happened today. Um, so that took a couple hours this morning, and I'm also in an online class for Clemson, um, taking Calc 1, um, so that also takes up a couple hours every day. So we're, we're staying busy, for sure. That's uh, that's good to hear. That's what it's all about, right? Fresh, freshman year, summer, this is our first college summer, and got to stay busy. Well, let's get right into it, Steph. Can you explain what spike ball is to the audience that does not know what that is? Right. So I'm sure at some point, most people in the audience have seen a spike ball set or they've seen people playing it before. Um, it's a backyard game or a beach game primarily. And um, it's made up of four people. Uh, there are two teams of two. And it's set up kind of like volleyball. So instead of hitting the ball over the net like you do in volleyball, um, somebody's going to serve the ball, the ball is going to hit the net, and then it's up to the other team to put the ball back on the net using three hits. So it's just like volleyball, but instead of getting the ball over the net, your goal is to get the ball back on the net. And you win a point when um, the ball hits the ground after you've made a clean hit. So if I hit the ball, it hits the net, and it goes past you and hits the ground. That's my point. Or if you hit the ball and it hits the rim or you miss the net completely, then that's also my point. Um, so, yeah, that's a little rundown of the game of spike ball. I'm sure most of the viewers here have seen it. Um, it's it's pretty popular, and it's at least getting there. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, spike ball, um, is, speaking of popularity, I first time I came down to Clemson, we have a big field where everyone, you know, like plays sports, whatever, and I just see like 17, 18 spike ball nets just – all over the field, I'm like, oh my gosh! I didn't realize how huge this game was. So I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna start asking you this, but so you heard a spike ball before you come to Clemson? Tell me, tell me the first time you you ever played spike ball, heard a spike ball? Any any first original spike ball memory that you have? Well, the first time I actually played spike ball was about a year ago. So during quarantine, I think it was like at the height of coronavirus last May. Me and my friends had a beach trip, and uh, we went down to Folly Beach. And somebody brought their spike ball set. And every time I have a spike ball related accomplishment, I call this person up and I say, hey, thank you so much for bringing the spike ball net. Because if, if they didn't bring the net, I wouldn't be here right now. 
Um, so it was it was at Beach Week about a year ago, and I just had the the best time of my life, just on the beach playing some some spike ball. Very simple memory, um, but it's it's one of my fondest over the last few years. I was just um, growing closer with the the people there and um, growing my love for the sport. That's where it all started at Folly Beach. Wow, wow. So okay, during the height of quarantine, and then so you come you come to Clemson in the fall. Where did you, how did you get involved through Clemson? I know we're a student organization, but how did you like learn that we had a spike ball organization and, and we're affiliated with spike ball in the actual like official ranks? Right. Well, one of the people I started playing pickup with, um, he knew of the, the Clemson spike ball club. So he kind of referred me to them. And then once I got on campus, I started playing pickup with people on Bowman um, which is like the big field we have at Clemson and somebody pointed me in the right direction. And, um, then I became part of the club. I think it was like two or three weeks into college. And I met some of my best friends through spike ball. I would say probably like half of my friends are, um, I met them through spike ball. So, um, just the community at Clemson has been phenomenal for, um, the social aspect of things and just meeting new people in general. Okay. Okay. And I know our, our spike ball, we do Tuesday, Tuesday, Thursday nights uh, up at the uh, intermeal fields. You know, everyone's playing all the time. It's, it's crazy. So I guess, so you thought you found spike ball, your buddy referred you. Um, was this guy also your partner? Was that, was that, um, was that him too? Can we say his name? Yeah. Say his um, name, right. Yeah. Sure. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that even so Owen or no? Uh, so the person who referred me, um, that, that was not Owen, unfortunately. I, I sadly don't remember his name, oddly enough. Um, that was just almost a year ago when, when he referred me. So it's 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 been a little bit. But my current partner is Owen Littman. Uh, we've been playing together since uh, basically the beginning of the school year. And we've done every tournament um, together since. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, wait, how, so how did, you, how did you meet Owen then? Um, I just I met Owen the same way I met a lot of people. I met him playing uh, pickup on Bowman. We were just playing spike ball at the same time, and uh, we thought we we had pretty good chemistry. So uh, that's that's where it all started. Okay. And for those, let me let me look, describe Owen a bit for you. He's like six three, six four, super long arms. He's 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 really really good. And and Steph, like you said, you you and Owen have been playing together for a while. So I guess I want I want you guys to take me back your first tournament. I don't think I had met you by then, but when was your first tournament? And like, just take it, like, take us through what a tournament looks like and just anything and everything about your first tournament. Right. So I want to kind of preface all this by saying that Owen is the genetically perfect spike ball player. He's about 6'3, his wingspan's 6'5, very athletic and just a scrappy guy all around. So he's the genetically perfect spike ball player. And I was lucky enough to run into him and become his partner. Um, so the first tournament I played in was last November. So November of 2020. And it was kind of off the books because spike ball wasn't doing any official tournaments during COVID. So it was off the books hosted by Clemson. And I think there was like, there was 30, 33 teams, something, something around that number. And so how a tournament usually works is you have uh, pool play and then you have bracket play. So pool play was, I think there were five teams in each pool. So you played each each team once. Uh, we went four and one in pool play. And then we got our seed. 
based on our point differential and our wins and losses. So uh, I think that put us seeded fifth. Um, so that was a really good, really good seed. Uh, it surprised me a little bit because we hadn't been playing together for that long. Um, but we were seeded fifth, and then we went into the bracket. Um, so I think, yeah, yeah, then we went into the bracket. Um, so first round went really well. Second round went well, and then the third round, um, we went to we went into three games. Um, so the way spike ball structured is best two out of three games. Um, and we went into a third game to decide who would win, and sadly we lost. But I think we learned so much um, just playing so many games over the course of a day. If you want to get better at spike ball or any sport for that matter, uh, the number one thing is going to be reps. You just have to get reps in constantly, and tournaments are the number one way to do that. Uh, so we learned a lot at that tournament. Um, even though we got, I think it was sixth overall, that was pretty good. And it kind of set us up for success in in future tournaments in the spring. Uh, do you mind if I talk a little bit about the, the spring tournaments we, we just participated in? Yeah, go in? ahead. I want to um, I wanted to ask, you, guys, you and Owen won a tournament somewhere in between there, right? That put you from intermediate to expert. Can you we tell did. us about that tournament? Yeah, so the second tournament we played, this one was on the books. Um, it was also at Clemson, uh, but we had teams there from Georgia, a couple teams from Alabama. Um, it was a really good crowd. And so me and Owen, actually, this is the first tournament we actually won. So the first book, first tournament that was on the books we won, which is, which is phenomenal. We kind of... Um, we, we started out very, very strong and advanced, and we immediately went to the next higher, the higher up division, which is expert. Um, so I think, yeah, it was towards the end of January, 2021. And um, me and Owen had no clue what to expect because we've never played anybody from any college before. We didn't really know how big the spike ball world was. And we were running into guys from Alabama, from Georgia, people from up north, just all over the place came to this tournament. And it's really a testimony to how big the spike ball community actually is because um, most people don't know this, but th there are a lot of teams on the East Coast, a lot of teams on the West Coast, and uh, there's kind of a dry area in the middle of the United States, but the community is, if you go to the right places, it is certainly um, well felt. The presence is well felt, and Clemson is one of those places. Um, so yeah, the first tournament just kind of opened my eyes to the spike ball world, and um, it, it taught me that I could really hang with some of these guys. Um, so me and Owen uh, were actually seated first after pool play, um, and we just kept winning and winning games um, until the final game, then we were down. Um, and we came back to win in three games. So it was a really, really fun tournament. Um, I would say top three memories at Clemson. It was just all around a, a perfect day of spike ball. Uh, that was what was that the one in Athens, Georgia, or no? Uh, this was the one. It was actually in Clemson. Uh, oh, that the was in Clemson. yeah, there was another was one the, we did. What was the Athens, Athens one? Was Athens that like, was like mid January, early February? I think yeah. Athens was was February. Um, there was like a circuit, and I think it started at Clemson, then went to to Athens, and then Charlotte in Kentucky. So yeah. Okay, and then uh, I want to I want to go into your Kentucky tournament a little bit here. So this this one was the first weekend of our spring break, 
Um, you went with what eight people to an Airbnb. Tell tell us that story. Tell us. I feel like that weekend, I wasn't there that weekend. I was in Atlanta for a for a conference. But tell us, tell us that story first. That first weekend of spring break. This is this is us as college kids. This is our first spring break. Tell us that weekend what it was like. The drive, everything. I want to hear it. Right. So that spring break, we decided to to get seven or eight people. I think it was eight people. Pile everybody into one car and then drive six and a half hours to Kentucky uh, in the middle of middle of nowhere in Kentucky for a spike ball tournament. Um, and then we drove back and went house hopping. But that weekend, we were all in Kentucky. Um, so getting from point A, which was Clemson, to point B, which was Kentucky, was a task when you have eight people um, in one car, mind you. So we had three seats in the very back. Those were packed. Three seats in the middle that were packed. And then two up front that were packed because we had to fit people's um, suitcases and people's bags. So we had people um, everywhere, bags on our laps. Um, it, was, it was a good memory looking back. At the time, it was a little bit of a squeeze, but we made it work. Um, so six and a half hours later, we get to Kentucky. Um, and we find out that the Airbnb we got was only for three people but we have eight. Um, so we have to find a way to make this work somehow. Um, and luckily we have a couple um, inflatable mattresses in the back of my car. So we pull those out um, and everybody's good to go. And again, it's a little bit cramped, but we're trying to ball on a budget here. We're, coll we're college students. Um, most of us are broke. Um, and I think it was it was an insanely cheap rate for the Airbnb. I'm not sure what it was, but it was it was very, very cheap. Um, so we woke up the next morning, played in a spike ball tournament, uh, got dinner somewhere. Oh, oh, we went to downtown Lexington. That's what it was. That was really fun. We went downtown Lexington for an hour or two, uh, came back, and then I played in the co-ed tournament the next day. So back-to-back -back spike ball tournaments, um, and then we made the trek back. So it was a very um packs two days and when you have a two-day tournament i guess like ex explain explain the difference between two-day tournament and one-day tournament right so um one-day tournaments the only reason this was a two-day tournament was because co-ed was on sunday and i played with my friend emma grace um in the co-ed on sunday and so um normally um you're just gonna have your your individual tournament saturday uh, but if it's something like college nationals or there's a co-ed tournament, then that's going to be on Sunday and you're going to have back-to-back -back days of spike ball. And those are really hard on the body because after one day, you're already going to be sore. But after two days of spike ball nonstop, you're, you're going to be out of commission for a little while. Well, you talk about out of commission and sore. I think there was a period, what, like uh, maybe mid late February? Or just your chest was hurting like all the time, and you. We had a friend, and she had kept giving him ad. Those like, like, dude, like your chest was hurting. Didn't you say? Didn't you have a sore shoulder too, or did you have a sore elbow? It was one of the two. Right. So after the the January tournament, then Owen and I won. I went through a, probably a bottle of Advil. Um, I was just I was just popping pills left and right because I I injured my chest. Um, playing spike ball. Surprise. Um, and then my shoulder and everything was just sore enough um, from from the first tournament that that probably just didn't help things. But yeah, I was I was going through Advil and ibuprofen like crazy. It was nuts. It would be like 
Friday night, we'd be chilling, watch, watching the movie at, at our friend's dorm and uh, our friend Emma Grace's dorm. And, and he'd be like, Hey, uh, I need, I need more Advil. My, my chest still hurts. And he had the, uh, the moisturizer. Uh, do you carry moisturizer around with you now? I know you had the moisturizer going around for a bit. Oh, the lotion. Yep. I, I still have to use lotion because I, uh, I play so much spike ball. I have naturally kind of dry hands as it is. But if you add um, a couple hours of spike ball every day, then you're going to need some lotion uh, to, to combat the, the cracked, the cracked hands. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I just, I don't know. I find that, I find that hilarious that like you, you have to carry, like you carry a ball of those around just because playing so much. And, and for people who haven't played, I mean, when you play three, four hours and people are hitting the ball, like probably like what, 50, 60 miles an hour. And you have to respond by hitting it back with your hand. Like it, it's, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt after a while for sure. Um, but I want to touch on uh, one quick point on the Kentucky tournament before we get into the um, nationals in Atlanta. So the Kentucky tournament, the, the you and Owen placed fifth, sixth in the oh, first day. And how did you do with Emma Grace on the, on the second day of that tournament? Uh, the second day could have gone a little bit better. Um, there were only a handful of teams. I think we got fifth, so not terrible for our first co-ed tournament. Um, but yeah, I think we could have done a little better. I think um, I was really, really tired from the previous day. Um, Emma was too, because she played with, with Aiden. Um, so both of us were sore and tired. And uh, yeah, we, we got through it though. So fifth place is nothing nothing to complain about. And then did you and Owen, you and Owen got same, right? Fifth as well, or... No, um, I think we got. Let me think. I don't or remember the exact place. It, it was it was around ten. It was around ten. This was our first um expert tournament, so we moved up from advanced to expert, and um this was a little bit more competition. So I think we got knocked out a little earlier. And can you quickly explain the the ranks? I should have done. Should I have asked you this earlier? But can you quickly explain the ranks? It's what beginner, intermediate, advanced, expert, and then is there a level higher than that or no? Right. So in a normal spike ball season, um, there would be uh, the intermediate field, which is just um, people who are new to the game. And then once you get a little bit more serious, you go into advanced. Um, and then in order to go to the next uh, the next league, which is called Premier, you're going to have to, I think it's placed in the top three of an advanced tournament. And then to go pro, you have to place in the top three of a premier tournament and it's very very hard to go pro there's only ooh, i want to say there's less than 60 pro teams um worldwide just because it's very very hard to become pro um but because of this year with coronavirus uh sra uh, spike ball they weren't hosting tournaments so there was a new ranking system so it, now it kind of goes intermediate um advanced expert and expert really just combines pro and premier players into like one into one division. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's I, that's what I thought. So now let's go. Let's go Kentucky to Atlanta. There was nothing in between those two, right? That's about. It was about a six week spread. But was there right. any tournament you did in between? I know you did. Didn't you do one for Clemson, or was that just like for fun? Um, I know I did. It was an FCA sponsored tournament in Clemson, but that was that was more for fun. Um, okay. Because me and me and Owen split up. Owen was on uh, somebody else's team, and I was playing with Emma, so it was it was just for fun. Okay, and I actually had a. Um, so you were, you were talking a little bit about like internationally and, and nationally about how there's pro teams. Uh, mm -hmm. 
is there like a, a worldwide tournament? I know there's a couple like USA ones that they've done over the years, but is there any, any like worldwide professional tournament or no? Right. So before um, the pandemic, Spikeball was planning on doing a world championship in Belgium um, just to, to kind of widen their market share to get more people involved with this sport. Um, and unfortunately, they haven't gotten the chance to do that yet. But I think later this fall, they're going to have uh, the world championship in Belgium. I'm pretty sure it's still slated for Belgium. Um, yeah, so nationals is October. And I think that the world championship should be November. It's either October or November, but they are having one this year. Okay. And I'm assuming you're not going to that, unfortunately? Unfortunately not. Um, I do have school that I, I have to maintain a GPA for scholarship, so that won't be happening. But hopefully um, me and Owen and the rest of Clemson Spikeball are going to go to um, nationals this year, or at least um, college sectionals in the fall. Okay. Well, uh, fans of Philly, let's uh, let's sponsor a spike ball trip to Belgium. Uh, that would be <laughs> that would be pretty amazing if uh, fans of Philly wanted to do that. Um, uh, I'll, I'll promo them again. Fans of Philly, we all know who they are. Do doing trips for Philadelphia sports teams. Got a Yankees trip. Got a Red Sox trip coming ahead. You want the phone number six one zero five one seven seven one seven one six one zero five one seven seven one seven one. Well, anyway, all right. So let's talk a little um, nationals this year. Uh, it was in Atlanta, week before our finals. Uh, tell us, um, kind of like what what that was like. What was it like going to your like going to a, a nationals tournament? Right. So um, Owen and I were were partners for this tournament as well, just because we had pretty good chemistry and. Um, I think I think there were around thirty-five teams um, at nationals this year. Usually, there's a little bit more, but because mm -hmm. of Corona, um, people weren't traveling they, like they normally would. So there's about thirty-five teams. Um, and what was and, your team name? Uh, our team name, is Waff team name is Waffle House. Team name is Waffle why I saw this. I was looking it up like an hour ago, and I was like, I don't remember him ever telling me his team name was Waffle House. Can you please tell the audience why? Um, well, there's really no rhyme or reason to why it's Waffle House, except for uh, Waffle House is um, one of our favorite places to eat at Clemson. We go there all the time at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. when you're just hungry. So we figured, why not? Why not be called Waffle House? Hey, I like it. I like it. Uh, for, for those who also don't know, Steph, um, whenever, whenever I see Steph, I'd say about half the time he's wearing a Waffle House hat. I'm like, wow, that's a really cool Waffle House hat. Where'd you get it? He's like, oh, I, don't know. I don't know. It's like you wear it all the time. It's like it's such a cool, cool hat to have. But yeah, so Steph always wears his Waffle House hat almost anytime we go anywhere. Um, but yes, please continue with the uh, Atlanta tournament. And tell us what it was like. Tell us your experiences. Right. So this is really Owen and this is really our first big, big tournament we were at because we were uh, not only representing ourselves, but this is the first time we really represented Clemson as a team. So the way the tournament structured is the first day is the individual tournament um, where you just compete for the individual national title. And then the next day is the group tournament where you compete for the collegiate national title. Um, so the first day went pretty well. Um, Owen and I got fifth overall, um, had some really, really good games and met a lot of good people. Um, just again, um, just I just want to preach how, how inclusive, how inviting the spike ball community is. Um, there's, there's a community wherever you go and, uh, there's definitely one in Atlanta. 
Um, so the second day um, could have gone a little bit better. I'll preface it by saying that. Um, but we, me and Owen were, were cold at the beginning. Um, so we, we lost our first match. But the way it works is if I should, I should have explained this before. But the way the collegiate tournament works is um, each school has three teams. So there's Clemson's A1 team, they're A2, and they're A3. Um, Owen and I were A3, and the way you win a match against another school is when our A1 or A2 beats Georgia's A1 and A2. Um, so you have to win two out of three. And so um, long story short, we get – all the way to the final match. So it's just Clemson versus UGA for the national championship. And so our, our number one team loses. We're like, okay, that's great. It puts a little bit more pressure on us if our number two team wins. Um, so our number two team ended up winning. And so the next thing I know, the national championship is in my hands. So depending on whether me and Owen um, win this game, that'll, that'll determine who wins the national championship. So if we win Clemson wins, we lose UGA wins. And um, we were a little bit cold um, from losing the first game or the first match of the day. Uh, but we went into this um, really high hopes. We were playing two seniors from UGA. Uh, one of them, Kyle, he was very, very experienced. He's been in this situation uh, many times before. And his partner, Landon, was also pretty experienced. And uh, so two freshmen versus two seniors, is, it seems like a mismatch um, on paper. Um, but, um, when, when we really got down to it, it was a really back and forth game. And, uh, usually you cap each game at 21. Um, but this game went 26, 24. Um, they barely beat us the first game. Um, and then in the second game, they started running away with it a little bit. So I called a timeout. Um, we had, I had a talk with Owen and, uh, then we started to rally uh, but it wasn't enough, and uh, UGA won game two, and they won the national championship. But even though it, it seems a little unfortunate that we lost um, in the final game, it was it was such a great experience. Me and Owen learned so much by uh, just being there, talking to people who were better than us, and um, even losing. You always learn something when you lose. You learn what you could be doing better, and um, it was just a, just a great day because we um, – we built, we, we just learned so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you came back from that tournament. So I, I, um, I didn't, I don't think I did too, anything too much that weekend, but we had gotten, so we got lunch Monday and Steph was telling me the story. He's like, Oh yeah. Like we were so, so close. And the, uh, he showed me his lock screen. Uh, and for the audio, you guys won't be able to see it. Um, and Steph, if you want to, if you want to show, uh, Angel, cause he's chilling here in, in the back. He, he's got the UGA. Am I correct? He got the UGA people holding up their championship? I do. Yeah. So um, I don't think you can see it if you're not. Um, yeah, this is only an audio podcast. So you probably can't see that. But my lock screen right now is UGA uh, hoisting the trophy with their logo in the background. And that's just going to serve as motivation for the next year um, until, until we go to nationals um, next April, next May. Um, and I'm very confident um, that we're going to not only beat UGA, but hopefully um, take home a dub next year. So that that is the plan. Hey, I love it, man. I love it. I um, I remember I remember hearing that for the first time. I was like, uh oh, here we go. So 
And, and I'm going to segue into the into kind of I want to break down your game a little bit just so that the audience understands a little bit. So I guess uh, I'm going to start. Big part of spike is the serve. So the serve is how you start. And I compare serves um, in spike ball to like a baseball pitcher, like Clayton Kershaw throwing like a slider, a curveball, change up, fastball. And kind of like even his delivery where he lifts his leg up really high and then he and then he puts it down but not all the way to the ground and then lifts it up again and throws. Kind of that wind up and that rotation. So, Steph, I want you to break down what serves do you have and can you kind of explain a little bit how, kind of how serves work in spike ball? Yeah, sure. So I'll go over the rules on um, serves really quickly. Um, so they recently changed the rules um, for the service line. It, the service line used to be six feet and they pushed it back a foot to seven feet. Um, I would compare that to them pushing the service line back in tennis on um, three or four feet. They just did that to make serve receive a little bit easier because it's very, very hard to to receive a serve coming um, over 30 miles an hour, 40 miles an hour at you um, from 12 or 13 feet away. So they moved it back a little bit, which was understandable. Um, but if you want to be um, a really good, a competitive spike ball player, you have to have a variety of serves. Um, so the, the first serve everybody learns is just a righty or whichever hand you're dominant um, with, that's, that's, you're gonna be, that's gonna be your bread and butter, that's your go-to. Um, so after that, um, I have a lefty. Not everybody has a lefty. Uh, there are other options. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but a lefty, um, it's not quite as good as my right, um, but it's it'll throw you off. If I'm hitting right uh, five or six times in a row and I throw in a lefty, it'll break your rhythm. Um, and so there's a thing called a cut serve. And I'm not really sure what what pitch this correlates to in baseball. You could probably tell me after I explain it. But when you hit a cut serve, the ball is going to jump to your left. So if I'm serving the ball to you, the ball is going to hit the net and it's going to cut a little bit to my left. And that's going to um, really throw you off because it's coming straight at you. Then it just turns maybe five or ten degrees and it's, it's past your hand. Um, so that's so, called the cut serve. So I guess my bet. So when you have a righty and you have when you when you want that righty, you want it. The first serve you develop is you want to hit that thing as hard as you can, right? So it goes over, it goes around. So when Steph says a lefty cut, I don't know if I necessarily compare it to a pitch in baseball, but I would. I guess I would compare it to like, I guess when you're in the batter's box and you're expecting the pitch to go high or go or go middle, go low. And you just you completely miss because you're you're throwing in a cut serve that's going and it's going straight to the other side that you, that you thought. So keep going, keep going. Right, and that's exactly that's a good point. That's exactly the feeling you get when you get aced by a cut serve. It's like it it just goes completely through your hand. You're like I was there, but um you still miss the ball just because it it moved five or ten degrees um when you weren't expecting it to. And so the next serve I want to talk about is the reverse cut. Now it's exactly like the cut, but it's going to jump on um, the opposite way. So if I'm serving you the ball, now the ball is going to jump to my right and to your left. Um, and this one's a little bit harder to do. Um, most people start by learning the cut and then transferring um, kind of that motion. You, you really just have to reverse the motion um, for the reverse cut as it is in the name reverse cut. And um, ironically, I have a reverse cut, but I cannot cut the ball. Um, my partner Owen has a really good cut, and he has a really good reverse cut. 
Um, so he's really lethal on the serve. Um, but if you want to be um, a contender in spike ball, you really have to have a cut and a reverse. Um, but you can make it work without a cut. Is there um, a, then, is there like a grip? Is there a grip on a reverse cut? And is there like a grip on a cut? Like is there a certain way you hold the ball, or is there a certain way? So when you when you play spike and you serve it, you have to you have to like throw the ball in the air and then you hit it. Is there like a different like motion you throw it in the air? Like um, kind of take us through like how how do you cut? How do you reverse cut? Um, well, your toss is going to be the same for every serve, regardless of what you're hitting. So a cut, a drop serve, or a reverse cut. Um, they're all going to have the same toss. You want your serve to look the same every time um, because if I'm really swinging down on the ball um, and that's how I'm reversing the ball, they're going to know I'm reversing. If I'm swinging um, more flat on the ball and I'm cutting, they're going to know I'm cutting. So you want your swing and you want your toss to look exactly the same every time. Um, but the, the way you cut the ball, it's all about how you make contact with it. It's all about how your hand contacts the ball. So I'm not the best person to explain cutting, um, but I think my partner Owen would agree that you you hit the ball um, a, um, probably on the bottom half of your hand and uh, you just go over top of the ball. Um, I understand that people can't see what I'm doing right now because it's an audio podcast, but your hand is just going over the ball. I'm not sure if there's an analogy you could do um, to explain that um, with baseball, but basically you're just putting a mixture of topspin and sidespin on the ball, and that's going to make the, the ball jump when it hits the net. Is there, is there any like equivalent in baseball there? No, okay. no, I, I can't think of what off the top of my head, but uh, okay. I, I, I liked your, I, I guess maybe in basketball, like maybe kind of like the way you dribble the ball, but I don't have like a, like a great baseball comparison. I was, I'm hope, I was hoping to have one. Maybe I'll think of one, but yeah, so, gotcha. so, keep, so keep going, keep going. Okay, and then on the um, reverse, the reverse cut, you're gonna make um, the opposite contact. So you're gonna hit the ball um, a little bit higher up on your hand, and it's going to roll on your fingers, and you're I'll roll into the the top of your fingers, like the pads of your fingers, and you're kind of gonna swipe down almost. Um, now there are people who can serve better than me. I consider serving to be one of the worst parts of my game, actually. Um, but I still know the motion and I can kind of still explain it. So you're just gonna, you're just gonna kind of, um, slice the, not, not really slice the ball. You're going to kind of guide the ball. Like you're, like you're swooping under the ball on this. Um, and so, so that motion is really going to be the opposite of the cut motion and it's going to result in the ball cutting to the right if I'm serving. Okay. Okay. And there was one that you explained to me one time, and I think you I think you said Owen hit the serve. It was like a backspin where like he hit it and it came back to him. Yeah. So there's this crazy serve, and on your toss, this is the one serve. I know. I know. I said before that you want all of your tosses to be the same, but this is the one serve where you want your toss to be a little different. So you're gonna toss the ball with both hands, and you're gonna make as much backspin as you possibly can on the toss. And then you're going to hit the ball um, on the bottom to put even more backspin on it. And you're going to um, want the ball to, to kind of arc in the air. It's not like most serves where you hit it straight at the, the net. You want it to go up a little bit and then land in the center of the net. And what happens uh, when it lands in the center of the net, it takes all the backspin you just put on the ball and it'll come right back to you. And this is probably the hardest serve 
um, you can you can do in spike ball, but Owen managed to pull it off in um, in one of our tournaments. He he actually hit it and he aced the guy, um, and and won a point off of it in a tournament, which is really really um, just phenomenal if you know how hard that is to do. Wow, yeah, I, I remember you talking about that one, and um, my favorite, my personal favorite, which you didn't mention, I like to call it, I like to call it Nick's specialty. Mm-hmm. Basically, you you turn around on the net and you act as if you're like a snapper uh, on a football team, and you hit and you kind of hit the ball through your legs. It's it's really really hard to do, and I've tried it a couple times. I've actually hit it like maybe twice, but I, I did. I just wanted to mention that because. I'm so bad, and uh, it's the one serve I was able to create on my own. But Nicole, so I'll have me, to add that. I'll have to add that to my arsenal of serves. Hey, all right, I'll 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 teach you. I'm, I'm not very good at it. I've, I've only hit it a couple times, but I'll have to teach you. So I guess let me ask you this: If serves isn't the best part of your game, what would you say is your your strength as a spike ball player? Um, I would say my strength is defense. Um, when when I'm playing spike ball, Owen uh, with Owen. Owen's much, much better at offense than I am. And we kind of complement each other here because he's good at offense and I'm good at defense. He's good at serving. I'm good at setting and um, getting defensive ups on the ball. And so I think that kind of comes from um, just me playing soccer and a lot of other sports in high school. Um, I got, um, I would say semi-athletic from doing just years of um sports like soccer, track, I did football senior year. And that has a lot to do with your capacity on defense. You just have to be um, athletic stance, uh, balls of your feet ready, and just watching, um, ready to react to whatever the hitter does. Um, And most people are really good at offense. They're good at hitting the ball, putting the ball away, and winning points. Um, But really, when you're at a high level playing spike ball, the key to winning games is good defensive touches and getting breaks on serves. So Owen's really good at generating breaks on serves because of his ability to ace people. And I'm good at generating breaks um, with defensive touches. So defensive touches is just when um, the other team tries to kill the ball, they hit the ball off the net, and then I get a hand on the ball. That's really the key to to winning games, and that's that's where I think I excel. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I I would agree. I I um I've I've watched I've watched Steph play several times, and uh, his his stance and especially um, some of your dives are just absolutely ridiculous. Um, would you say you're good at diving? And and for someone who's trying to learn to dive, how would you tell him to practice a dive? Well, I wouldn't necessarily encourage practicing dives. Um, that that might lead to to injury if you if you get reps in um, with diving. But I would just say play more games of spike ball. You'll you'll start diving. Um, the more you play, the more you'll dive. And uh, try not to land on your elbow um, when you dive. When you dive, um, that that's how I hurt my chest. Actually, I dove. I landed straight on my elbow, and it um, it, it tweaked my chest. So I would say just kind of um, try to fall, and when you fall, roll a little bit with it. Um, if you don't have to dive, I I would recommend that you you not dive just because there's always a chance of injury there and um staying injury free is one of the keys to long-term success um so probably probably not best to uh to practice diving but i mean it's, it's up to, it's up to you nick if you're feeling a little a little crazy if you're feeling dangerous and uh, go ahead well uh i um 
when I, I I've only played a couple times, but when I play, I, I'm I, I feel like really, really un, unathletic when I dive. It's like balls I should be at. But like I'm like, oh, like, let me look, make this look cool for the for the the three people that are watching me play. And I and I do a little dive. I hit the, hit the ground. It's like whoa. But um, anyways, let's uh let's talk let's talk future spike ball. So you have the spike ball club. Are you an officer in the spike ball club or no? Um, I'm on the executive board in the in the club. Okay, and um, what's your role on the executive board? Um, so I basically just help our president um, with whatever he needs help with. Um, I think when we get back to school, we're going to be hosting some some tournaments or um, or it's not a tournament. It's just kind of like a like a get together, a social, and um, I'm going to help set up with that. Really, whatever the president needs me to do. Um, then I'll just assist him in that. And that's Ryan Cohen, um, great guy. And um, our past presidents, uh, Brendan, just, just handed him the role. And I think he's really going to take the club in a good direction. But, yeah, we just we just help the president, everybody on the executive board. Okay. And speaking of socials, tournament coming up as well. And I'll, I'll start through Clemson, and then I'll, um, I'll go down into, like, the national spike ranks. But so say um, – Say, I don't know, Bob's coming in as a freshman here. He's, uh, he's super excited to start his uh, 2020, 2021 school year. He, he might have been all online this past year. He might have been able to go in person for his senior year of high school. How would you – where – first, let's start on Clemson's campus. Where do these socials take place? And if you're Bob and you're a freshman, you're coming in, you maybe you played a little spike ball, maybe you played a lot of spike ball, and you're just looking to meet new people. How do you recommend going – uh, how do you recommend meeting new people while playing spike ball? Um, well, first of all, if you're a freshman at Clemson, highly recommend you go to Tiger Prowl and sign up for the spike ball club there. Um, if you do that, we'll add you in the group me and you'll get all the notifications about when we do like social events or when we're hanging out and spiking. And I think that's going to be really the key is to officially join in the club uh, through Tiger Prowl when we do that. And Tiger Prowl is basically when all of the clubs get together on a field and they each have a little booth set up for freshmen to come to and um, just interact with you. Um, so that's a, that's a really big part of it, I would say, Tiger Prowl. Okay. I, I will also be at Tiger Prowl. I have, um, I'm a president of another club, so I will also be at Tiger Prowl. Um, Tiger Prowl, that's on, that's on the football field, right? It is, yeah. Uh, I don't okay. think they had it this year just because of COVID, but I think it's usually on the football field. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really hoping that happens this year, just because um, I think it's I think something that we definitely got stripped of is is having more avenues to meet meet new people. Um, and I think spike ball. I think I, I and I heard you say it earlier. It's just it's a great avenue just because it's it's outdoors. You're you're having you're having fun and you don't necessarily need to be as good as Steph to, to have fun playing spike ball. It's 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 great to be as good as Steph. Don't get me wrong, but it's not necessarily like something you absolutely have to be be great at. So, I guess I want to transition into this first tournament at Clemson. Do you know dates? Do you know where it'll be? Any 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 insight on that? Um, I think we're still planning for the first tournament, but I know there's going to be some kind of like. I'm not sure exactly what it is. I haven't been given all the details, but there's going to be some kind of social. Uh, we're going to have about 10 or 12 nets there, and that'll be on August 14th or 15th on Bowman Field. Um, so if you're if anybody's free who's listening, I highly recommend. Um, you'll you'll see 10 or 12 nets on Bowman. 
um, just come on over. It'll be a great time. Um, everybody there is very hospitable and um, very inviting. So, yeah. It's a great community for sure. And then I, I want to break down kind of your um, your spike ball uh, future endeavors here. So I pulled up the uh, spike ball schedule for this season. Let me pull it up. Uh, there are a couple of tournaments that I wanted to ask. Uh, where Are you playing in the uh, Rock Hill tournament on July 10th or no? Um, yeah, so me and Owen are planning on doing the Rock Hill tournaments. Uh, we're going to stay in one of our friend's houses in Charlotte, which isn't super far away. And then we're just going to drive there for the day um, and play Spike and go back. Uh, we were going to do the one in Richmond, but that's already passed. Um, it just kind of snuck up on us. That was on May 8th. And um, we were invited to go to Chicago at the beginning of August and play. Um, I have a couple friends up there from um, Illinois Roundnet, and uh, they said we could stay with them. But I don't know if we're going to be able to do that just because it's the first weekend we're going to be in college, um, sophomore year. So we might just want to stay at Clemson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was curious because I I looked through and I was like, oh, Rocco, like that's uh, for people who don't know. That's uh, yeah, really close to Charlotte. So it's about it's about four hours for for you and it's about it's about two and a half from where i'm at right now in raleigh um and i guess i wanted to kind of break down the game a little bit too so 20 olympics could this be do you think this could realistically be a sport in the olympics i think it'll take a couple decades at least but eventually we we will see spike ball in the olympics i think i think they added things like break dancing into the olympics I'm pretty sure that's the case. So if they're adding things like that in the Olympics, then I don't see why spike ball shouldn't be in the mix. Hey, man, I agree. But um, I think definitely – so I was looking into, like, some numbers and stuff, and I, I saw a staggering stat posted by, like, the spike ball uh, website, and they said, like, only 8% of, of uh, like, I guess, plays end up becoming rallies, which means that the possession changes more than three times. And I guess something I really want to ask you is like, how does spike ball, the sport, improve itself? Right. So, what spike ball is trying to do to create more rallies um, is change the rules. It's it's pretty simple. Um, because spike ball is such a new sport, <clears throat> they can do that. They can't. What you can't do is change the rules of soccer. You can't change the rules of soccer. It's been around for over a hundred years. The rules are set. But because round net is just such a young sport, the rules are a little bit more malleable right now. So they're just experimenting. And I think they'll keep experimenting for a couple more years. Um, but they added uh, a new feature called the no-hit zone, which is um, a one-and-a-half-foot radius um, around the rim that you can't step in uh, when, you're, when you're killing the ball. When you're hitting the ball on the net, you can't step in there. And so that makes it a whole lot harder for people to score on offense um, because the defense can read where you're going to hit the ball. Um, it's kind of restricting your angle and it'll definitely increase rallies, which is what spike ball wants to do. Uh, what ESPN wants to happen is for there to be more rallies in spike ball. So people are, um, they want to watch the sport. If there are no rallies, if it's just serve ball the whole time, then nobody's really going to want to watch. Um, but yeah, I think just tweaking the rules, um slowly but surely that'll put the game where it needs to be okay and i know like so you i know you had previously said and i i had been reading this too is that like 
So when you serve in spike ball, it, originally when you first started playing, it was six feet to serve. So you had to be six feet back from the net. They changed that rule. It's now seven feet. You see that going back any further, like maybe even eight, nine, ten feet? Well, I think as the game evolves and as people have been playing for longer and longer, they're going to get better at serving. Um, and serve-receive, there's just not a whole lot you can do um, on serve-receive to get better. It's just hand-eye. But if they keep pushing it back, it's going to it's gonna make a, a big barrier for people who are trying to get into the sport because it's very hard to serve from eight or nine feet back. It's not so hard to serve from six feet back. So I think they're going to keep the serve at about seven feet. I could see them pushing it back to seven and a half, uh, but I don't think that's really likely. Um, what they did do when they pushed the serve back from six to seven, um, they made it so you could lean over the line when you serve. So the ball can be over the line when you serve the ball. That was not the case when it was six feet. So there's a little bit of leniency there, um, but I don't see the line going past seven feet. Okay. And then you you also talked about a no-hit zone. You think they could, like, increase a no-hit zone three, four feet? Or you think that's also something like, hey, like, don't touch that? Ooh, I I know that most players have accepted the no hit zone, like they're they're fans of the no hit zone now. But I think the more you push it back, the more the spike ball community is gonna they're gonna they're gonna veto that. They they're not gonna like that. So I would I would have to say no on the no hit zone. Maybe on the service line, but I think the no hit zone's pretty. Um, it's it's good where it is. Okay, and in terms of I I, I highlight up the so what happens, but do you think they ever make like a bigger net? Like, yeah, I guess if you want more rallies, you want, want a bigger net, right? So you have more more range to hit. Could you ever see something like that happening or no? That That is something I haven't really heard before. Maybe you should work for Spikeball, Nick. That's a good idea. <laughs> but I think I think if you want more rallies, a bigger net could – that could help. I think if you had a bigger net, um, it would make it a little easier to, to uh, play serve ball and not actually play points. Um. But I don't know. That's something that I'd have to look into. I know Spikeball does have an, an extra large net, actually, for people who are really starting out. But, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Okay. I was just, I was just curious. I was just thinking, like, like how – because I guess if, you, if Spikeball wants to be an Olympic sport, I think right now you have to make the sport more entertaining. And I think, I think the way that Spikeball is seeing the entertainment is, is through rallies. So, like, I'm, I'm very curious, like, how much do you increase the rally to the point where uh, the Olympics are like, oh, wow, look at this super entertaining sport. I mean, all these sports are having this problem right now. Like, Even um, professional baseball, guys are struggling to hit. Basketball, everyone thinks three-pointers are boring. And they, they shoot too many. So, I mean, Spike, Spike's having, you know, sa same issue, right? Everyone's having a hard time hitting it back. And uh, I'm curious to see see what they change. And as we wrap up here, I uh, – I guess I had a I had a personal question for you. What what are you doing this summer? Like where where are you going to be up to? I know you said you were working on finding a job. How's that going? Um. Well, I'm I'm a little bit busy because class just started for uh, for Calc, and that's a little time consuming. Uh, but maybe once I get in in a rhythm, once I get settled down, I might get a job. Um, who knows? Uh, we'll see, but I do need to figure out a way to make money. So a job is probably in the future, unfortunately. Um, Spikeball is definitely, without a doubt, in the future. 
like I said, I'm going to Rock Hill uh, in July. I'll be there. Um, maybe one or two other small tournaments. Um, but yeah, uh, over the summer, it's just going to be me, the math textbook, and a spike ball. Oh, man. And I know, like we said, so it's, it's an audio podcast, but behind you, I see some nice weights. You be hitting the weights a lot, too, or no? I, I dabble. I go to the gym uh, a couple times a week, you know. Got to stay athletic. Got to stay lean for spike ball. Oh, man. Steph, I really greatly appreciate having you on. You're my first guest. This is my first time hosting. Hopefully you all enjoy. Um, Steph, thank you so much for ha coming on, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. And uh, before we end the show, I'm going to quickly do a shout out to fans of Philly. Fans of Philly. We travel Philadelphia sports trips. we got a couple baseball ones coming up in Boston and New York. And also we have the Eagles trips coming up. The one in Vegas should hopefully be mid-October. By the time you're listening to this, the uh, official schedule will be released. Um, and the number is, uh, shoot, where did I put it? There it is. 610-517-7171. That'll be 610-517-7171. And cue the music. <laughs>